Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do. With Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting community. This is Sammy. And Michelle. And you're listening to the 11th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we're going to be talking about lifestyle inflation. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing well, Sammy. How are you? I am doing exceptionally well. And do you know why? Tell me. Because this week, I have been able to initiate my elaborate plan to jump rope during my lunch break. Okay. What does that look like for you? It looks like me hopping, aka jump roping, outside in the parking lot during lunch. I'm pretty sure if I went to my physical and I saw my provider jump roping outside before, I would think that person is a psychopath. (laughs) And also, you would probably not have an excuse not to exercise because jump ropes, pretty lightweight, relatively cheap, and easy to transport. So yeah, they're a great exercise. Yeah, they were like, you need to exercise more. I'd be like, oh, I know that's right. (laughs) So you saw your butt jump roping outside, so I can do more. Yeah. But, you know, there is a lot that goes into plotting the jump rope. You know, when you first start a certain type of exercise and you have to plan out all the little details, like I still want to listen to music when I jump rope, but I didn't have my AirPods, so I brought my fanny pack. So then I like strapped on my fanny pack. (laughs) I put my phone in my fanny pack. I had that connected to my earphones. Unlike running, when I'm jumping, the fanny pack kind of bounces a lot. Just like a lot of little details go into it that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, usually I worry about whether or not I'll find parking at the yoga studio, but (laughs) I can see how that involves even more thinking. (laughs) Yeah, not to mention the fact that it gets kind of (laughs) sweaty. I feel like if I saw someone jump roping and they came to my appointment, I would feel (laughs) a little bit upset potentially. Or who knows, maybe I'd be like, you know what, you do whatever you want with your spare time. I got 15 minutes. I got things I need to talk about. (laughs) So, Sammy, I'm not sure if jump roping is lifestyle inflation or lifestyle deflation, but I'm going to use that as a natural transition to our topic today, which is lifestyle inflation. Excellent transition, Michelle. To be clear, jump roping is definitely lifestyle deflation. But to talk about lifestyle inflation, it's this idea that as our income increases or as the people around us income increases, we have a tendency to spend more on the day-to-day things. Yeah, Sammy, when I think about what was required for me to survive when I was, say, a college student versus now, it's night and day. There's so many examples of this for every aspect of our life. For example, when I used to make coffee at home versus going to get coffee at Starbucks every day to, oh my God, how much do I spend on this artisanal cup of coffee that I get from this very specific Instagrammable coffee shop? Yeah, Michelle. And even things like eating out for lunch every day. I remember going to El Pollo Loco every single day and they knew who I was. I mean, I'm not saying El Pollo Loco is the most expensive restaurant or anything, (laughs) but I did not need to be there every day for lunch. I mean, I've been on the phone with you while you order food at lunch and I know the people at Burger King know your name. (laughs) 
they definitely know my name they call you gorgeous <laughs> and it trickles into everything sammy renting a nicer place buying nicer clothes getting more expensive furniture buying a nicer car even skincare yeah skincare is one where we definitely went a little bit crazy I remember I had a sunscreen that's $50, I believe. And I'm going to be honest, I got that sunscreen because it smelled good. (laughs) (laughs) Or getting a separate eye cream when you know that that (laughs) separate eye cream is just a diluted version of the face cream. That's right, people. Do not put your hands on that eye cream. (laughs) I know. I feel like I went from using one lotion to having 50 Kylie lip kits. Yeah, the Kylie lip kits was probably our biggest vice. If any of you know us and look at any photos from 2017 to 2018, you will notice perfectly matte lips of every shade. (laughs) That's thanks to Kylie Jenner. I mean, it's an excellent product, but we definitely overdid it. And they're coming for men too. They have beard oils now, fancy socks. Why do you need to spend $30 on a pair of socks? They're coming for you men. Michelle's right. They are coming for you men. And one of them for me, which is a huge vice, was things that I would do for my home. I remember one time I called TaskRabbit to saw off the (laughs) bottom part of my door so that it would stop rubbing against the carpet every time I opened the door and keep pushing on the carpet. It was kind of worth it, but definitely lifestyle inflation. Even just other things, housekeeper. I like cleaning. I definitely don't need a housekeeper. I had a laundry service, so someone would come and pick up a bag of my laundry and then drop it off. And I do honestly believe that it was probably more of a hassle for me to try to be home when the laundry came back to me than just do the laundry myself in our own home, which had a washer and dryer. Yeah, that's right, people. Sammy in my apartment had a washer and dryer, and yet she was paying someone to do it for her. But I think, Sammy, we had really bought into the notion that time is money. And in a lot of ways, we slowly were thinking that these things were making our life better. Yeah, Michelle. We think that this housekeeper, these fancy clothes, these nicer skin products are making us better or happier. But really, we're just becoming hella soft. (laughs) Yeah, another term for lifestyle inflation is lifestyle creep, which is so appropriate because it does creep up on you. You don't even realize that you're trying to keep up with the Jonases. Once again, the Joneses. (laughs) I refuse to change. (laughs) But yeah, the lifestyle creep is creeping up on you. And the truth is, you know, we use others as a metric for what is normal. And I do think we do this because a lot of us have not been trained on how to build wealth or what to do with our money. It's true. We learn so much about dinosaurs when we're in school. And yet, (laughs) I don't remember taking a personal finance class. (laughs) Yeah, like, I really don't need to know anything about the stegosaurus. Can you imagine if you went to a museum and you didn't know anything about dinosaurs and then there was just a dinosaur there? Like, that's amazing. That's cool. Versus (laughs) the first time I did my taxes. (laughs) That was not fun. That was not cool. (laughs) Yeah, Michelle, I would have much rather surprise found out that there were dinosaurs than surprise found out how to manage my money. And the truth is, Sammy, that financial ignorance is going up against marketing. Consumerism isn't an accident. And so when we start to have a little bit of extra money and we're starting to wonder what to do about it, out comes these big companies saying, hey, don't you want a bigger house? Don't you want a bigger car? Don't you want nicer furniture? They are ready way before index fund to tell you where to put your money. Exactly, Michelle. And it used to be that the primary influences that you have for how you're going to spend your money is your neighbors or the people that you could literally see. Now, they're social media. 
So not only do you see what your friends in other states, in other countries are doing, but you also see what celebrities are doing. What what are those people called who sell things? <laughs> influencers. 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 Yes. Yeah. You see what influencers are doing. And influencers are literally created just to make you buy something. Yeah, we see all these photos of these perfect happy moments and hashtag ad buy a Coca-Cola. Yes, and it's not a Coca-Cola ad. It's an ad for a certain type of scrub (laughs) that hugs your body perfectly. And like, let's be honest, you still have free scrubs from your surgical rotation that you can wear, but you're wearing these unnecessarily fitted scrubs that make you look a little bit too good for work where you're already being creeped on. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a personal problem for a lot of healthcare professionals. And Sammy, I think something that everybody can relate to is that for every milestone in your life, when you buy your first house, when you have a kid, now we have gender reveals, there are so many different ways that we can start to spend money in ways that we didn't even have as an option 15 years ago. An example that I would think about is if I had a baby today and I needed to buy a stroller, I don't know anything about strollers, I would probably look to the people around me and base what I think I should get off of that. Or... I could look at Kylie Jenner and get like a coach stroller. We have so many different options when in reality, to me today, I'm like, I just need to push my baby around. Exactly, Michelle. I do think a lot of the reason we fall into these traps is because we have some insecurity. And because of that, we want to project our life in a certain way. To me, Sammy, I can definitely see that. Growing up Indian, being completely new to the American culture, I know that as I was trying to assimilate, I would look to my peers and actively think, okay, these are the clothes that people are wearing. These are the games that they have. These are the things that they're doing. I was definitely trying to match that lifestyle. And I think as I got older, even as I became more secure in like my place in society and who I am, I didn't realize how I was still doing that. When it came to things like clothes, I was still looking at what my coworkers were buying, where they were shopping. I was getting the stylist to help me be more fashionable. And for me, I realized that I don't really care that much about clothes. It's not my thing. When I actually just accepted that, I sort of went to the top and was spending a ton of money. And then finally, I got scaled back because this is not something that I personally want to spend my time on. I had to come to the realization that I was trying to fit in or I felt a little bit insecure about how I looked or my own fashion sense. Absolutely, Michelle. I agree with you. I think in the beginning, it may be an underlying insecurity or a past insecurity that we're still in the habit of dealing with. Or sometimes we even just think, well, this will make my life easier. This will make my life nicer. And what am I going to save my money for? A golden casket? But in reality, by spending all our money, we are putting ourselves in golden handcuffs. We're forcing ourselves to remain at that high income job or depending on that high income to fund our everyday lifestyle rather than saving money and building wealth. Absolutely, Sammy. The reason it's important to understand the concept of lifestyle inflation is because as we are inflating our lifestyle, we're starting to become dependent on a higher income as well. Just like what you were saying, we end up getting stuck in these golden handcuffs because now we have a car payment. Now we have a house we need to pay off. We're increasing the amount of expenses that we have. And that means that we have to stay in this job. If we lose our job, we can no longer provide for ourselves. Undoubtedly, Michelle. We think that by increasing these expenses, we are projecting an image of wealth, but we are really doing the opposite of gaining wealth. A real eye-opener for me was the book, The Millionaire Next Door. This is one of my favorite books. It was written by Dr. Thomas J. Stanley and William D. Danko. 
What I love about this book is at that time, they went through all the millionaires and they just looked at statistics and common findings from all the millionaires. And what the book really demonstrated is this idea that we have of wealth is totally misconstrued. These people with the super large fancy houses and the expensive cars are not the millionaires. The healthcare providers who make a lot of income are not the millionaires. It's commonly people who have reasonable incomes but have saved a large portion of their income who become millionaires. And The Millionaire Next Door was written in 1996, so some of the examples feel a bit dated today. But Dr. Thomas Stanley's daughter created a book called The Next Millionaire Next Door, and she gives some statistics which I find really interesting. For example, the number one car owned by a millionaire is a Toyota, and the number two is a Honda, number three is a Ford. I think a lot of us would think that they're owning Mercedes cars, but millionaires are practical people. They choose maybe not the cheapest car, but a reliable, safe car. Sammy, those statistics definitely surprised me when I heard it, but I think it's so true. There's a reason that the concept of new money exists. I've definitely felt it myself where you do want to buy brand name this, brand name that. You have all of these things that you're purchasing because you want to feel wealthy. Maybe at a young age, you dreamed of having these things. And you thought that this is what the people who had the most wealth had. When in reality, people who are millionaires are the ones that are being the most intentional about their money. They're saving their money. They're being very practical. And they're not necessarily wearing the most fashionable clothes or driving the latest car model. Exactly, Michelle. The wealthiest people don't necessarily look rich. All this to say, Sammy, track your spending. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, yes. The theme that we always have is that we do want people to be very intentional about how you spend your money because when you take a look at how you're spending your money, you might realize that you are spending it on places that aren't bringing you a lot of happiness or you sort of mindlessly was buying this and that. The truth is that there is a major opportunity cost there because if you're able to cut down on things that you don't value that much, you can save and invest that money and start to build wealth for your future which means financial independence, it means you can retire early, or even take some time off and start a business if you want to. Definitely, Michelle. It's not about not spending money. It's about spending money on the things that you value, so you can still save a large percentage of your income so that you can have freedom later. I really think that a lot of times we purchase things inadvertently thinking that they will make us happy. And the truth is, happiness does not come from things like that. Happiness comes from being able to be fully present in this moment. For me, this went through phases. First, I tracked my spending and I saw what I was spending on. Then I cut out the things that I knew did not bring me any additional happiness. So then, really, I was spending on things that I either needed or maybe things that also made my life easier. But I think the big fundamental realization for me was that the thing that makes me happy is a present moment. And being present in this moment costs nothing. Well said, Sammy. We hope that by talking about lifestyle inflation today, we help introduce a topic that not only exists, but that we really believe just knowing lifestyle inflation is a thing and is something that could be affecting your life will help you live more intentionally and be able to build for a future that really aligns with your values. Exactly, Michelle. Just knowing what lifestyle inflation is helps decrease it. And Michelle, 
For our status post-adulting versus adulting segment of the podcast, do you have an example today? Yes, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So last week, I successfully switched over my health insurance. Um, I had to make some changes because I was moving from Texas to California. So that's my status (laughs) post-adulting. My adulting thing is I got a little reckless and didn't double check the dates. And so I'm actually going to be uninsured for a small period of time because when I canceled my insurance, my old insurance and started my new one, they don't overlap. So (laughs) that sucks, but that's my status post adulting versus adulting moment. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great one. Always check the fine print people. What about you, Sammy? So glad you asked, Michelle. I would say my status post adulting versus adulting move is adulting being after you brush your teeth, any person brushing their teeth, no one in particular, wiping around the sink. Because as we know, that moisture <laughs> staying there, <laughs> that moisture sitting there by the sink will create mold. Is this why you told me that you're keeping paper towels under the sink now? Yes. Status plus adulting is keeping the paper towels under the sink. And yes, I know that's not very recycle friendly, but I do cut each of the paper towel segments in half so that we don't use quite so many. So yeah, keeping the paper towels nearby to avoid this moisture buildup would be my status post-adulting move of the week. I just want to say adulting passive-aggressively <laughs> suggesting that I'm not cleaning the sink after is, uh, yeah, an adulting move. I'll say it. Status post-adulting, you need to start wiping down the sink after you use it. Being direct with my language. Thank you, Michelle, for addressing that. <laughs> anyway, moving forward. Please send us any examples that you think of. We would love to share them on the podcast. So something Sammy and I wanted to do for next week, since we do hear from a lot of you when you listen to our episodes, a lot of times after an episode comes out, we hear some of your thoughts on the topic. Next week, we're going to be talking about minimalism. Mm -hmm. And if you have any tips about being minimalistic, if there is anything that you would love to sort of share with the world, we would definitely love to hear it. And we'll share it on next week's episode. As always, you can either email us at statuspostadulting at gmail.com or feel free to send us a direct message on our Instagram at statuspostadulting. Yes, Michelle. And with that said, be sure to join us next week as we once again put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.